RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, commuters have hailed the newly opened East Rail Line extension, saying it significantly, significantly cut their traveling times. The exhibition trade says there needs to be a timetable for reopening, warning that Hong Kong has lost trade shows to other Asian cities. And two Hong Kong U experts have urged the government to drop the vaccine pass requirement for people under 60. Commuters who've taken the MTR's newly extended East Rail line to work for the first time says it's made their life easier. This passenger, Alex, who was traveling to Dai Wai from Central, said it shortened his commute by 20 minutes. Previously, I had to take three trains, so Central to Hong Kong, Hong Kong to Hong Kong, Hong Kong to Dai Wai. I think the whole journey will be about 20 minutes quicker. And I don't have to do three changes, and I can take a bus to Dai It should be a lot Another passenger who works in Kowloon Tong says her commute has been smooth and it's less crowded than usual. This is the first time we're going to step onto it, so at the moment it looks quite okay. This is much more convenient for us, much faster because usually we have to go to Admiralty, then Mong Kok, then Kowloon Tong, whereas now we can just do Admiralty straight to Kowloon Tong. Usually when we take it to Mong Kok, it's definitely a lot more people because it definitely is more convenient, so time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. An exhibition trade spokesman says the industry needs a timeline for reopening, as it takes time to arrange for such events to return to Hong Kong. Stuart Bailey, the chairman of the Hong Kong Exhibition and Convention Industry Association, said the city was losing some of the biggest and most economically important trade shows to other places, such as Dubai, Singapore and Thailand. He said the longer that quarantine for arrivals remained in place, the more damaging it was for the SAR's reputation. There's a huge appetite for large-scale international events to resume, um, both from, uh, from organisers here and participants from overseas. Um, but obviously the industry needs time to plan. Um, and we also need certainty that the business community can travel without those restrictions. I mean, almost every other city in the region has already done away with mandatory quarantine periods. While Hong Kong, which has now achieved high immunity rates through vaccination and natural immunity through infection, is still sticking with this out-of-date and harmful policy. Medical experts Benjamin Cowling and Theo Chan from the University of Hong Kong are urging the government to drop the vaccine pass requirement for people aged under 60. They said while elderly people should still receive the jabs, mandating younger adults to get vaccinated would not help the city eliminate the virus. But some experts prefer a more cautious approach. Microbiologist Hopak Long told an RTHK program it's too early to review the scheme. Professor Kwok Kin On from the Chinese University said the vaccine pass mandate should stay if Hong Kong hopes to resume quarantine-free travel with the mainland. Representatives from the Business and Professionals Alliance say they've met the chief executive-elect this morning for around an hour or so to discuss some of the problems Hong Kong is facing. Legislator Jeffrey Lamb from the commercial sector urged John Lee to allow quarantine-free travel as soon as possible. He also wants the incoming administration to study creating a joint immigration checkpoint with the mainland at the airport so that Hong Kong can be connected to more Chinese cities. Legislator Lo Wai Kwok, meanwhile, said they made some recommendations to Mr. Lee's cabinet but didn't give any details. The Consumer Council has urged parents to choose, cha- excuse me, to choose snacks for young children more carefully. 
saying many products contained added sugar that shouldn't be consumed by those under the age of two. It said one-third of the 37 prepackaged snacks it tested, like yogurt melts and cereal snacks, were high in sugar. The council's chief executive, Gilly Wong, said authorities should consider mandating that manufacturers show how much sugar their baby food products contain. We would urge the fact that um, because right now the current regulation doesn't require the, um, the presence of the sugar content, um, the ingredient, the absolute value by itself, we believe it's time to review the regulation to see whether there's any need, um, uh, to see the need to cover it so that it gives more information to parents to choose the right snacks for the kids. The watchdog also said it found allergens in 80% of the 50 rinse-off hair treatment products it tested, and more than half of the samples contained three to nine types of fragrance allergens. The council's Dr. Loi Wing Cheung said that pregnant women should stay away from 10 products that contained a chemical substance called D4, as it could affect unborn babies, although tests only found trace amounts of the substance in samples. Because the D4 actually for animal studies is the confirmed uh, endocrine disruptors and also may affect the animal's unborn fetus. So it is advisable that for the pregnant woman try to avoid the contact with the D4 substance as far as possible. Health authorities in the mainland have reported nearly 1,160 new local COVID infections. That's 820 fewer than yesterday. There were four new deaths, all from Shanghai. A majority of the new cases still came from the business hub with about 870 asymptomatic infections and 69 symptomatic cases. Meanwhile, Shanghai officials have announced plans to bring the city back to normal after weeks of strict lockdown in the financial hub. Deputy Mayor Zhang Ming said the city will gradually resume public transport from Sunday and from the first of next month, the city will also begin to revert to normal life as long as the risks are still manageable. She said that they believe the epidemic in the city is now under control. At the moment, 15 of 16 districts have achieved dynamic zero COVID at the social level. The number of people under lockdown is less than 1 million. The number of new positive cases recorded yesterday has, for the first time, fallen to less than 1,000. Shanghai also hasn't reported any new infections at the social level for two consecutive days. We have made progress in effectively controlling the epidemic in Shanghai. North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un has mobilized the military to help stabilize the supply of medicine as the country battles a wave of coronavirus that's infected over a million people in a matter of days. State media said Mr. Kim led an emergency Politburo meeting in which he accused officials of failing to distribute reserve supplies. The country has reported eight more deaths. Mason Ritchie is an associate professor of international politics at Hancock University of Foreign Studies in Seoul. This outbreak uh, in an immunologically naive population that has almost uh, no vaccines uh, and therefore no uh, artificially uh, induced antibodies uh, has clearly exploded and grown out of control, which means both domestically and internationally there was no hiding it anymore. And at some point, uh, the North Korean government uh, decided to come out and admit this, uh, possibly uh, just simply because there was no way to deny it, but also possibly perhaps as a way to start smoothing the pathway towards getting perhaps antiviral drugs uh, or vaccines or both coming into the country. One person has been killed in a mass shooting at a church near Los Angeles in California. Four are critically wounded. 
The gunman was detained outside the Presbyterian Church in Laguna Woods after the incident at a lunch following morning service. The undersheriff for Orange County, Jeff Halleck, praised churchgoers for displaying exceptional heroism and bravery in tying the attacker up, preventing additional casualties. The suspect was not injured during the incident and was taken into custody. He's believed to be an Asian male adult in his 60s. We don't believe he lives in this area. Investigators are working to determine his city of residence and whether he has any connection to this church or to the congregation. At this time, we do not know what the suspect's motive may be or whether he had an intended target or whether this is even a hate-related incident. One of the biggest ever NATO exercises in the Baltics gets underway today. It comes as politicians in Finland and Sweden continue to work toward their NATO applications. The BBC's Frank Gardner reports. Despite its cosy codename, Exercise Hedgehog is taking place in tense times here in the Baltics. Lasting over two weeks and spanning two countries, Estonia and Latvia, it involves more than 15,000 troops from 10 nations, including Ukraine. It will test the ability of the Baltic states and their allies to respond to a Russian incursion. Since Russian forces withdrew from the Bucha region outside the Ukrainian capital of Kiev, the bodies of more than a 1,000 civilians have been discovered many in shallow temporary graves. Authorities say that more than half of the dead, around 650 people, were shot in what they've described as executions. Investigating it all is overwhelming, even for the police officer in charge. More than half of the people killed in the Bucha region were shot, not killed by mines or shrapnel, or found under the ruins, but shot with guns, more than 650. That shows the Russians' cruelty, their crimes against humanity. Moscow claims all of this was staged. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says the UK will need to act if the European Union doesn't agree to change the post Exit tra- the post-Brexit trade rules in Northern Ireland. London has been drawing up legislations that would allow it to override parts of the Brexit deal it previously agreed to. That would see Northern Irish trade rules aligned with the European Union and not the rest of the UK. Jenny Chapman, an opposition Labour legislator in the House of Lords, says such a move wouldn't reflect well on the UK. You've got an agreement that was signed relatively recently, which either Boris Johnson didn't understand and signed it anyway, or we did understand it and then lied about it. The government is risking a trade war with this kind of action during a cost of living crisis. Um, We think it's irresponsible. A former president of Somalia, Hassan Sheikh Mohammed, has been re-elected after defeating the incumbent, Mohammed Abdullahi Farmajo, in three rounds of voting by parliamentarians. But Mr. Mohammed faces a daunting entry. Here's the BBC's Julian Bedford. When Hassan Sheikh Mohammed was voted out of office in 2017, one of the main reasons was his failure to get on top of the Islamist insurgency that has been a constant in Somalia for more than a decade. Five years on, and despite the presence of international peacekeepers, there's little sign that war can be won. Indeed, al-Shabaab are now deeply entrenched in many regions and make millions of dollars by extortion. Mr Mohammed will also need to tackle a severe drought which the UN has warned threatens a humanitarian catastrophe, possibly on the scale of 2011, when a quarter of a million Somalis died. Preliminary results from parliamentary elections in Lebanon suggest the Iranian-backed Hezbollah and its allies have lost support. They had a majority in the outgoing assembly but have lost a number of seats to independents standing on a pro-reform ticket. A Christian party backed by Saudi Arabia says it's gained ground. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 19,861. That's 54 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $53 billion. In currency, the U.S. dollar will buy you 128.95 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and three cents. The pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 60 cents. In sports, we start in the English Premier League, where the leaders, Manchester City, come from two goals down to rescue a point at West Ham. Free kick then for Manchester City. Mares plays it in. A stretch and a header into his own net. It's in from Sofal. And Manchester City celebrate. West Ham led 2-0 at halftime thanks to two goals from Jared Bowen. But a second-half strike from Jack Grealish and an own goal ensured City remain in control of the title race heading into their season finale next weekend against Aston Villa. Pep Guardiola's team can retain the title with a win at home. Etihad Stadium will be sold out. It will be full. They will give us everything and we will give them everything. It's a privilege, a huge privilege, to have the chance as a, a sport a football player managers to have this incredible opportunity to leave this in our stadium with our people. Winning a game like we won many of them to try to win the title. A point secured European football next season for West Ham. They're guaranteed a spot in either the Europa Conference League or the Europa League. West Ham boss David Moyes says it's been a successful season. I think for us to be fighting over sixth or seventh is some achievement. After getting to the semi-final of the, the Europa League and also we've probably had a longer run in some of the cup competitions than we've, we've had in years gone by. So it's been a huge effort, but uh, I'm looking at the next bit and I want to try and get another another sort of building block on if I can and see if we can challenge even better next year. Tottenham moved into the Champions League qualification places with a narrow 1-0 win over Burnley. Harry Kane's VAR awarded penalty points put them two points clear of rivals Arsenal now in fifth. Arsenal play their game in hand tonight and away to Newcastle. Burnley now find themselves in the relegation zone with two games remaining. Manager Mike Jackson says his only job is keeping them up this season. That's what I'm here to do. I, en I enjoy doing it. I enjoy being in these situations because it keeps you alive, you know, it keeps you going. It's part of what you need to do. So I'll just do what I've always done. I'll keep fighting. I'll keep attacking everything I can. And we'll all work together and, and try and achieve what we want to achieve. And taking a look at the weather, mostly cloudy with a few showers in the afternoon, moderate north to northeasterly winds, fresh offshore. The outlook, it will be sunnier and it will get warmer in the next few days, some rain late this week. Right now it's 20 degrees Celsius, relative humidity is 90%. And to end the news, here's our top stories once again. Commuters have hailed the newly opened East Rail Line extension, saying it's significantly cut their traveling times. The exhibition trade says there needs to be a timetable for reopening, warning that Hong Kong has lost trade shows to other Asian cities. And two Hong Kong U experts have urged the government to drop the vaccine pass requirement for people under 60. And that's the news, sports and weather from RTHK. Chandeliers, head over your heels like tears for fears you love. No, I can't get enough. Those are my cool, but I'm staying alive. Dancing the rain just to kiss the night at your touch. Oh, if this I could love, oh, it's need drama. I just need one word to get to you. 
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. Hope you've had a great weekend, even with all the rain and the wind. On the show today, after 1.30, my guest will be glorious set budding entrepreneur, owner and director of Bungie Workout Hong Kong, a new and innovative and exciting way to keep fit. Gloria is going to be joining me to talk about her life, ambitions and career journey in my story. And after 2 p.m., did you know that the 16th of May is the International Day of Light and the United Nations International Day of Living Together in Peace? 
I look into their significance and how they should be commemorated today. That is all on the programme between now and three o'clock. And especially for all those strong women out there, here's Doja Cat and Woman. <laughs> 